Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I am your host, Koro Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing and connecting the days of Noah with our present age. Jesus' words revisited. In Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 30, we read Jesus' words. He says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like that on that day the Son of Man is revealed. A Summary of Part 1 In the last episode, I discussed how mankind was living for almost a thousand years with tremendous injustice and unspeakable inhumanity. Josephus showed us through his writings that technology and knowledge was advancing at a tremendous rate in the pre-flood era. Catastrophic natural disasters reconstructed the very foundations of the earth. Hybrids in the form of Nephilim disturbed the natural order of God's original creation, and sexual perversion of all kinds were pervasive in the ancient world. The days of Noah was a world of unthinkable violence, and Genesis chapter 6 says that the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and it was filled with evil and wickedness. Do the days of Noah point to the times we are currently living in? Let's take a deeper look into the present moment that we all find ourselves in. Violence is widespread. The days of Noah were marked with violence that was unimaginable. God was so displeased with mankind's desire for evil at every turn that he regretted creating the world. Violence has been the constant staple of the 21st century. Yet, since the start of the pandemic, we have seen an increase in mass murders, the brutality of war, and the continual wave of terrorism here in Israel. The unprecedented violence that we are witnessing is the combination of a number of contributing factors consisting of economic distress, disrupted schooling, religious fanaticism, the tragic public health outcomes, along with the rise of mental illness. More than anything, the fear that is out there is greater than ever. Just the idea and possibility of danger is causing people to feel hopeless. Matthew 24:12 says, Because lawlessness will prevail, the love of many will grow cold. Global Catastrophes If there was one overarching theme of the days of Noah, it was the global catastrophe event called the Great Worldwide Flood. Most living things were destroyed in the earth and in the seas, and a new earth emerged. 
In these days that we are living in, the world has been experiencing severe climate events, partially due to man tampering with the weather through geoengineering. The journal Science Magazine says that the cold weather from Canada to Mexico is from the Arctic warming, and the Israel Meteorological Institute says that by the end of the century, the temperatures could increase in Israel by 5 degrees. Our polar caps are melting and a global ecological crisis is happening. The scriptures speak in Luke 21 of earthquakes happening in many places. The New Testament author Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the end of days will bring about a time when the earth's elements will melt with fervent heat and the earth will be burned up. The New Testament author Mark writes of the stars of the heavens falling and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. If you read the news, there are more articles about the possibility of asteroids, meteors, and comets entering into the Earth's atmosphere and threatening lives of the citizens of planet Earth. The signs of the days of Noah are here, and more is yet to come. But do we see them? Do we care? And how will the world respond? Days of Lot Long before Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt and permanently entombed in one of the many halite formations near the Dead Sea, Sodom and Gomorrah were a fertile crescent. Abraham's nephew Lot chose the best land that made up the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yet, concerning the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, the first century Jewish historian Josephus gives us more insight on the wickedness of the cities in his book, Antiquities of the Jews. He writes that the people of Sodom grew proud on their account of their wealth and became unjust towards men and impious towards God. Josephus also wrote that in the first century, he was able to see the pillar of salt that Lot's wife had become. Her salt statue remained intact for almost 2,000 years and stood as a strong reminder for all of Israel to know that God's commandments were to be obeyed or else consequences would follow. The author and prophet Ezekiel writes about the ancient Canaanite city of Sodom, describing in detail the sequence of events that led to the moral decline of Sodom that ultimately led to their complete destruction. He says in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 through 50, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. In their arrogance, they committed detestable practices in my presence. So when I saw it, I removed them. Sodom's overabundance of food, careless ease, and forgetting the poor and needy led the people to desire self-indulgent pleasures leading to their moral demise. In doing so, they lost their God-given affection for women and pursued the sexual affection of other men and angels. Are the times we are living in similar to the days of Lot? Tragically, today's modern urban centers have created an environment for sexual perversion and human trafficking, and these cities have become absent of any moral compass. In fact, the modern turn sodomy has its roots 
in the ancient Canaanite city of Sodom. Mankind in the modern world has in many ways challenged and in some cases eclipsed and surpassed the evil and abomination of the days of Lot. Men and women have almost lost all consciousness of God, not understanding and realizing they were created in His image and likeness. In today's world, sadly, men and women are choosing, in some cases, to marry their dogs and cats, and now with the rise and access to artificial intelligence, some people are entering into marriages with robots and holograms. The Merging of Mankind and Technology In the days of Noah, transhumanism was introduced to the world for the first time. In the Genesis account, angels and women produced a species known as the Nephilim and whose DNA was part angelic and part human. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17 verse 26, Just as it was written in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. The U.S. government organization known as DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, is working on a cyborg soldier. According to an article by CBN News called Neural Enhancement, is the United States working on a cyborg soldier to confront China's enhanced super soldiers? The article explains that DARPA has been working on an advanced implant that would essentially put the human brain quote-unquote online. This new technologically advanced and innovative cyborg soldier will have ear and eye implants and circuitry underneath the skin to make the optimal fighting machine. These soldiers will be part man and part machine, not needing much sleep, food, or water. Transhumanism In today's world, just as it was in the days of Noah, technology is being revolutionized, and it is this age of artificial intelligence and digitalization that has given birth to a new type of hybrid for the 21st century. Transhumanism is defined as a techno-progressive socio-political movement that advocates to transform the human body radically into becoming post-human. A quick search on the internet about transhumanism will reveal everything, from various subjects entitled Living Forever, The Coming Transhuman Era, Beyond the Human Frontier, Post-Human, Upgrading the Body, How Will We Become Cyborgs, Genetically Altering People, and Merging Human Beings with Artificial Intelligence. These findings give you the feeling that you are looking at the previews of a science fiction movie from the 1980s. Only this is real, and nothing about this is fiction. Transhumanism has been a living reality and evolving for many years, yet it has only become realized by many at the start of the current global pandemic. Transhumanism becomes political. One of the leaders of this dangerous new transhumanist movement is Zoltan Istvan. He comes from Silicon Valley, which is home to dozens of major technology, software, and internet companies like Meta and Apple. 
In 2015, Zoltan ran for the President of the United States, representing the Transhumanist Party. In an article by Tim Moghan, he writes that Zoltan Istvan toured the United States in what he calls the quote-unquote immortality bus, an old-school bus converted to look like a huge coffin on wheels. Transhumanist dream of achieving immortality and physical perfection through futuristic technologies like mind uploading, cyborg body augmentation, and genetic manipulation. They want us to evolve into a race of post-human superbeings that will eradicate death. They think about the future as the blending of man and machine, the upgrade of humans from this vulnerable body to something far beyond that can expand and move at the speed of light. Zoltan regularly speaks to audiences about the so-called humanitarianism of transhumanism. He firmly believes that through exoskeleton technology, the lame will run marathons on water. Through the bionic eye, the blind will see. Through a cochlear implant, the deaf will hear. There will be technological implants for everything. He has a microchip in his hand and publicly states that his dream is one of achieving immortality and physical perfection through technology. Zoltan believes that in less than 10 years, people on the planet will be getting brain implants. One of the world's leading technocrats, Elon Musk, who is the founder and CEO of Tesla, CEO of SpaceX, and co-founder of Neuralink, his plan is to link brains and even thoughts to software using a chip implant. Musk believes that artificial intelligence is putting human beings at risk, so his plan is to keep human beings relevant by merging them with artificial intelligence. My questions are, where is God in all this technology? And how did we get to this place in our history? Trying to Reach Immortality Without God In the days of Noah, mankind's lifespan felt like an eternity compared with today's world, yet people now dream of and are now trying to reach immortality, become eternals, and not only desiring to drink from the fountain of youth, but swim in those same waters. David Pierce, co-founder of Humanity Plus, says, If we want to live in paradise, we will have to engineer it ourselves. If we want eternal life, then we'll need to rewrite our bug-ridden genetic code and become godlike. Only high-tech solutions can ever eradicate suffering from the world. Compassion alone is not enough. In Scottsdale, Arizona, there is an organization called Alcor, which is run by leaders in technology, biomedicine, and futurism. Alcor's goal is to extend and preserve life by the experimental practice called cryonics. Cryonics is bypassing the dying process, using sub-freezing temperatures with the intent of a resurrection that may happen in a more technological age in the near future. Of all the services Alcor offers, the most chilling one is their statement on death. They say, 
The definition of death changes over time as medical understanding and technology improves. Someone who would have been declared dead decades ago may still have a chance today. Death used to be when a person's heart stopped, then when their heart couldn't be restarted, and is now being extended further. The Coming Age of Counterfeit Healing When Rabbi Yeshua lived in the Galilee region, his earthly ministry consisted of healing those who were blind, having the mute speak, the deaf hear, the lame and crippled walk. Those afflicted with leprosy were touched, and the dead experienced resurrection life again. Jesus states in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Those who were healed in the first century experienced newness in their bodies, souls, and spirits that transformed their lives. 2,000 years later, many people are still receiving healings from the Messiah that speak of His timeless power, not limited to space. Will advanced modern medical science and technology attempt to replace the need for God? In an article by Gary Lane from CBN News entitled, The Rise of Machines, Are We Entering Dangerous Territory with Machines That Replace God? He quotes author Wallace Henry, who wrote a book called, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods? Henry says, and I quote, Just at a time when we are forgetting God, forgetting His transcendent majesty and our accountability to it, we are developing these machines that are taking His place. If we are not careful, American society could easily enter into dangerous territory, a less human world that forgets the preeminence of God. We have these machines emerging and people are beginning to worship those machines. There's another technology specialist who said if this thing can go a billion times faster than the human brain, then the only thing that we can call it is God. End quote. Follow the signs. My dear Native American friend, the late Terry Pebbles, whose friends affectionately called Trapper, used to tell me, follow the signs. Just as the First Nation peoples would look for signs to navigate through life and be reminded of the future, the first people who ever lived on planet Earth look for them as well. When Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, they believed that their firstborn son Cain was the sign of the Messiah, and he would restore fallen and lost humanity. Eve said when her son was born that God had given her and was translated in the Hebrew a God-man. Nothing could be further from the truth. Cain had become humanity's first murderer, cursed to wander the earth, had a physical mark on him that was placed by God so that no one could harm him. Yet he settled in a real space, east of Eden, called Node, and forever revolutionized the way mankind would live, from simplicity to advanced technology that built fortified cities, from a more honest way to deceptive craftiness. In the days before the flood, 
God raised up a righteous man in the lineage of Adam's son Seth, who was a descendant of Noah. Noah's son Shem would become the progenitor of the Hebrew people that would bring the Messiah into the world. The scriptures tell us that Yeshua would be known as the last Adam. As we live in these disturbing, dreadful, and evil days, just like in the times of Noah, and deal with the perverse days of Lot, and grapple with the technological advancement from the ways of Cain, we must be reminded that Yeshua, Israel's Messiah, is the only one who can carry us through this period of unprecedented peril. This current chapter of history that we live in has many visible signatures, the main ones being advanced technology and the dangerously unpredictable violent nature of modern mankind. Only God can give us the strength, boldness, and fortitude to deal with the technocrats and globalists who are trying to create an eternal universe with mankind at the very center and ruling from an earthly throne. Yet the scriptures provide real hope despite the traumatic, deceptive, and violent days we are living in. The author of the book of Luke says, There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth dismay among nations, in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the giddiness of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will be sharing about the historical Nuremberg trials and their connection to the current pandemic. See you soon.